Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Yellow Card. It's been an absolutely fantastic week, and I don't mean that only from a match week perspective, but it's been a crazy week with respect to the transfers that happened, and more importantly, the transfers that didn't happen. Before we start about the match week, let's talk about all the transfers because all the crazy news has come out not on deadline day, which is today. But over the past week, and the first, first big news, the pain is the fact that Harry Kane announced that he is going to stay put at Spurs and not go and become a City player, and that has to be disappointment for City fans. That big disappointment for Guardiola. But at the end of the day, Daniel Levy has got his way. What are your thoughts on that, the pain? Hey, Chirag, yeah, what's up? I think all the excitement that was there on the field, there was, I think. Twice as much off the field happening. Harry Kane, firstly, as you said, has said that he's going to stay at Tottenham. So Daniel Levy, the stubborn child that he is, has got his way. But uh, as a business executive, probably he got what he set out to be. Not good news for Harry Kane, neither for Manchester City. But that's how it is. He'll remain a Tottenham player. Manchester City, on the ha- other hand, after Harry Kane. Put out the statement saying he'll stay at Tottenham. We're looking to sign Cristiano Ronaldo, and there was a time where you and I thought that okay, Ronaldo to City is a done deal. And couple of hours later, Ronaldo and United were a done deal. Well, that that was absolutely shocking. I mean, personally, I'm a lot more happier seeing Ronaldo at United because I do believe that that is where he belongs. I do also believe that he's definitely a better fit into that team more naturally rather than uh, a star-studded city side. I think he'll probably get to play more, influence more more youngsters, and overall, it just makes sense that I I would probably think I I dare say that he may actually retire from uh, United, although uh, that may be a little premature, being that he can spend uh, two to three years here and then maybe go on to the MLS or something like that. But having said that. Uh, I, I was I was shocked, and if you actually look at how it went down, uh, City were confident that they were going to land him. Everyone else was confident that City was going to land him, and I think Scholzkaya only started talking about it two three hours before the deal actually happened when he said, "Look, I don't know whether he's going to go anywhere from Juventus, Ronaldo, but if he does, Bruno's in conversation with him, and he knows we're right here." And uh, that was that was the first indication that there may be something brewing. But I still don't think that a lot of people, including me, read a lot into that because it was very, very clear and evident that he's going to Man City. Uh, in fact, some interviews I was watching some interviews of fans who were like, you know, what are you gonna do about it? He's gone after the money, and yes, we're not happy about him going to City, but that's the way it is, and such as football. And obviously, uh, the the red side of, of Man- Manchester was not happy about it, and I was stunned because it 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 is clear once it happened that. Scholzkaya knew what he was talking about three hours before, and he only mentioned it once he was aware that the deal was happening. And shocking news, but I think very, very positive news. Uh, if you're a United fan, very positive news if you're a United stockholder because stocks rose immediately <laughs> soon as news was out that Ronaldo was confirmed as a United player. So, uh, uh, it, it, all in all, I, I think amazing. Uh, I think Bruno Fernandez also put out an uh, Insta post or a Twitter post saying that agent. Hey, this is Agent Bruno, and uh, 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 
I, I think there were several posts actually mentioning how, you know, Bruno Fernandez's fee for him is still paying off because he's actually managed to get Ronaldo or was <laughs> one of the people that was instrumental in getting Ronaldo or convincing him to come back to Manchester United. So, uh, I mean, if you're a Red Devils fan, I don't think that you can be happier. It is amazing now with the, with the additions of uh, Varane and Sancho. And then you've got Ronaldo up front along with uh, Cavani to set examples for the youngsters. Rashford will come back after uh, his injury in the next two to three months. Or uh, Martial, I don't think that, uh, I think rumors had it that he was going to go somewhere or the other. But I think the window is pretty much closed or close to closing and he's still here. And uh, all in all, a good, a good side because you have Ronaldo, Cavani, Sancho, Rashford, uh, Martial, Lingard. Uh, Dan James, of course, has moved on to Leeds, but we'll we'll come to that a little later. Uh, overall, a star-studded side, and for those who actually believe in Paul Pogba, Paul Pogba, <laughs> add to add Paul Pogba to the list. Don't forget Bruno Fernandez, two world-class goalkeepers. I'm actually pretty excited about the United side, and uh, throwing Ronaldo in the mix just you know makes a stronger case. And I keep on saying this: everybody does not need to beat Manchester City; they just need to be be a little more consistent over the course of the 38 games that they play as compared to Manchester City. They don't need to actually go, to, go there and beat them. So, don't rule out a league run from Manchester United. And certainly now that their recruitment has been fairly, fairly good and a successful successful recruitment summer for Oli and his team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this signing along with the other two earlier just takes Manchester United that one step up where we were saying they'll be in the top four comfortably or for sure, this is now putting them in the territory where, you know, they can actually be serious contenders for the league. So that's what Cristiano Ronaldo does. And uh, it's it's like signing a business, right? When you sign a player like a Messi or a Ronaldo, it's like a merger with another business or, you know, something like that. Because there's a whole economy running around them with sponsors and, you know, merchandise sales. So, no wonder that stock price has shot up because a player like Cristiano Ronaldo does add that, you know, X factor or an extra bit and you know that he's going to score goals. He's going to go for win. That whole mentality suddenly changes when a player like that comes in. So, it's definitely positive for Manchester United. One question, Dipin. Do you think Cavani is going to have to give up that number seven shirt now that Ronaldo's back? I, I think he 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 might have to because you know that's the brand that Ronaldo has built, right? CR seven. So if he's not wearing the number seven jersey, I don't know how it works. So it, and it'll probably happen because he is he is the talisman wherever he goes. So if he's moving from Real Madrid to Juventus. Everything moves with him, including the number, the jersey, everything. He becomes Juventus. Now, when he's coming to Manchester United, that is what will happen. This is where Cristiano Ronaldo uh, to Manchester United over Manchester City fits better, where this team can revolve around him and he can have that desired control that a player like him exercises. Because wherever he goes, it's going to be the conversation is going to either start from him or end on him. So, it's going to be that control is required, which probably he would not have had at City because of the stature of the other players and the stature of Pep Guardiola. 
I absolutely agree with your thoughts, Tipain. And with that, let's move on to City Arsenal because it was, I think, the first match of the weekend. You ended your conversation with City, with Pep Guardiola. And uh, Pep, taking on his old, I won't say nemesis because they're not rivals. I think they're very, very good friends. But uh, the master and the apprentice in Pep Guardiola and Mikel Arteta. And what happened? 5 nil to City. An absolute drubbing showing exactly why City are the best and they don't actually need a Harry Kane or an Aguero replacement, so to speak. At the moment, Jesus has stayed back at City, so he could potentially be the forward that they use uh, if they need to lead the line. 5 uh, nil drubbing, proving that literally they are still the ones to beat. Remember, I think De Bruyne is still not even in the side yet. Oh, uh, you know, based on his injury. So, there's still a lot to come over there. Uh, Mikel Arteta, if I was him, I I mean, I, I would have, I, I'd be, you know, wrapped around in some dark corner somewhere because uh, it's getting from bad to worse. Yes, they've not had an easy opening three matches, but the loss to Brentford definitely hurt them. Then uh, Chelsea and, and City, yes, I feel for them. But the problem is the type of performances. You don't want them losing 5-0 to City. They didn't even look that they were going to get close to troubling them. And uh, it's their worst start, I believe, in a long, long time. They're bottom of the league, would you believe? And when has that happened? And if you're a Gunners fan, you know, things really... I, I don't even believe that the recruitment has been what they actually need to come up in the table because... You've paid 30-something million for a number two goalkeeper. Doesn't make sense to me. And and, and, I, and I don't think Ramsdale is a bad goalkeeper. But if you're spending that much money, you might as well have him as the number one goalkeeper. I don't understand you spending that kind of money and having him on the sidelines. Uh, you know, uh, a couple of other signings, they've been decent. I mean, I'm happy with Martin Odegaard coming in. But there's no real, you know, oomph signing again. And there's no real... You know, feel that uh, there's no feel good factor around Arsenal, and I I don't see them coming in the top six. And and with with such a bad start, it only makes things worse. And and I don't know where we're going for that debate. And obviously, uh, I'd love your thoughts on it because as an Arsenal fan, you can't be feeling good about the situation. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a completely horrible match, a com- very bad situation that Arsenal find themselves in. And I said after the Brentford loss that this is very critical because the next two games are Chelsea and Manchester City. And while you may have expected them to be tough matches and you know maybe not expected them to win those matches, you would still expect a team to go on the field and fight and compete. In this match against Manchester City, yes, first five minutes is what Arsenal were in the game for. As soon as that first goal happened... Uh, there was no presence of the team anywhere on the field. City were just rampant and running through. And it looks very difficult right now to see them making a comeback. The next few games will be absolutely critical for both uh, Arsenal as a team and for Arteta. Even if the new players are coming in, he needs time to get them in. That time may not be afforded to him if uh, the next few matches don't go Arsenal's way. Uh, Well, let's see about that. Manchester City, on the other hand, seems like uh, they can't get a striker. The striker they have wants to play on the wing, uh, who's actually the backup striker for a side that doesn't have a striker. So, 
and despite that they've been scoring five goals in two games back to back so i don't uh, there's i think they don't need a number 9 uh, at all they can just carry on playing the way they were and this is the side that played without de bruyne without phil foden uh, so there's plenty of uh, reserves there as well and i think even sterling and mares didn't start so there there is these are four guys who uh, you know be welcome at any club that they come go to and they they still not started for manchester city so there's plenty of uh, action from manchester city to come definitely absolutely and from a, from a united perspective i think things looking up as we spoke about the the new signings as well but overall i think they've they've had a good start to the season as well so can't really fault them for for anything too much in so to speak in what they've done so far and yes uh, they got held at southampton but uh, uh, i think all in all uh, 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 things looking positive they came away with a 1-0 win this weekend at at, at wolves so um, hopefully a lot of things to look forward to by the time uh, the international break uh, by the time we pass the international break and and for back next two weeks we could see united and ronaldo ronaldo actually make his uh, debut once again for for united uh, i think that's going to be at home to newcastle if i'm not mistaken yep uh, against newcastle at home i think that's where he'll make his debut so things are looking good for united but they got lucky this weekend i think wolves have been wolves have come away uh, in three games with three 1-0 losses and all three of those matches they've had plenty of chances it's just that they haven't converted any of those adama traore trinkao and himenez all have had plenty of chances and shots in all three matches and they've been they've not managed to put it through so uh, slightly lucky for manchester united there but i think they'll take that and uh, yeah as you said uh, a lot of things happening off the field that will you know just galvanize them what about liverpool chelsea chirag 1 1 a tight game will liverpool come out disappointed after having played 45 minutes against a 10 man chelsea well if they're not disappointed then there's strongly something wrong with them because then they don't consider themselves title contenders chelsea on the other hand i think put out a brave performance and i'm going to speak first about chelsea for the simple reason that they really deserve a pat on their back you can see the amount of work that thomas tuchel has done with them put into the side they know their job even when they went down to 10 men and it was probably unfortunate i do believe it was a penalty but uh, i do think it was unfortunate uh, in terms of uh, two things it was unfortunate that uh, uh, he handled the ball at the touch line and it was just a reflex so yes that that is unfortunate and the second thing that i find unfortunate is the referee's logical reasoning for the for award awarding the penalty was wrong he looked at a particular still and you can't you will need to so it's great that they went to the on field referee when when var looked at it and i think you know at the end of the day that's what you need to do and then live with the with the referee's decision because at least it was the on field referee's decision so like it or not that's the way it is i do think if you look at it from an overall perspective i would call it a penalty but if you listen to why the referee seems to have given it he seems to have looked at one particular still and therefore given the penalty you need to look at it at least in my opinion you need to look at it in real time and then see how the ball touched his hand and what re- what was just reflex what he couldn't avoid and then give a penalty so i think they were unfortunate firstly second of all when they came out in the second half they were a very well oiled machine very well drilled machine 
from a defensive standpoint and it was amazing the amount they actually could withstand i think at the start of the game and the very end of the game from liverpool in uh, and when i say start sorry let me rephrase at the start of the second half and the end of the second half from liverpool the way they uh, you know actually soaked up that sustained pressure and they got a little bit of re- relief in the middle of the second half uh, as as a reward for their literal percent for persistence and well drilled defense and i i mean and and i'm not talking about the the the, the back three or the back four i'm talking about the entire chelsea side overall so i i think they really really were good there kudos to chelsea kudos to thomas tuchel and they deserve that point if i were a chelsea fan that is as good as three points for me the pain so very very happy with chelsea's performance and before i talk about liverpool why don't we hear about chelsea from you Yeah absolutely I agree actually because this is the kind of performance that you know a side that is looking to win the Premier League this is the kind of performance you put in especially that second half when you know your 10 men uh, down to 10 men and it's the kind of defensive performance that actually goes ahead and wins you leagues just to mention you spoke about the defense and how they defended as a unit but Mendy did a fantastic job in keeping Chelsea at uh, par with liverpool because there was a lot of shots because of the tight defense there were a lot of shots coming from outside the box and uh, some of them were really good uh, strikes uh, van dykes for example was quite uh, quite a good strike and it was only because uh, mendy was at the top of his game that you know they could manage to keep that at 1-1 so yeah special mention to him but uh, let's move on to liverpool chirag definitely disappointing because they were at home Didn't start with Jota this time. Started with Firmino, where the other combination had worked much better. Uh, so is that something? And now Firmino is, I think, injured with a hamstring scare. Uh, things not going their way. Is just one of those days? I just think it was one of those days. So I'm not very worried about whether he starts with Firmino or Jota. For 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 my doing, as I, I'm happy with the front three. Whether whether it's Firmino or Jota in the down the middle, quite frankly. and it's not like formino has not really been in form either he's come off the bench and scored as well so i think we're okay over there and yes now he's injured so that's unfortunate but uh, i do think it's one of those days but if i'm a liverpool fan and obviously i am a liverpool fan very very disappointing because it's not about whether we're at home or not first of all we're at home second of all the down to 10 men and if we want to look to win the league we need to take those chances to exploit the fact that we that the opposition is down to 10 men and it didn't really help with Klopp making excuses saying that oh it really is an advantage only when you have the ball i don't know he came up with a couple of you know different excuses that it's it, they were always going to make it hard for us yes they were but you're going to need to take this advantage when you're playing those top sides and you are you have you are an extra man you have an extra man on the field If you can't go in and win that game, then I'm sorry, you're probably not going to win the league, and that is the hard truth of it. And it didn't make sense. We have we played a very very strong lineup, so I was happy with the lineup. I was pretty happy with the way we played as well. We just couldn't break them down. So if you look at the second half, we did put pressure on them. It was you know so fair play to Liverpool. They 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 did their best they could, but they needed to find a way. If you are going to win this league. you always need to find a way and a couple of seasons ago remember they that's exactly what they did when when the chips were down when it was nil nil when they were down by a goal they found a way not to draw they found a way to come back and win and that was the difference two seasons ago when liverpool literally walked away with the title because they just kept on going and going and going and now 
I think we've got a good side. We've got Simicus has put in a good performance the first two two uh, matches in place of Robertson, and he did come on uh, as a late substitute for Robertson as well. Overall, the team seems set. It's about taking those chances, and they need to start taking them. Yes, this was just the third game, but it was a big game against a, another title contender. If Liverpool intend to call themselves title contenders and intend to stay with the likes of City, Chelsea, and I dare say now even United with the type of recruitment and obviously the, the homecoming of Ronaldo, then they need to start winning these games. Otherwise, they're just going to have to be content with third or fourth position. And like I said, with Ronaldo coming, it may be even fourth for Liverpool. So, it, it, it needs to be seen. Clearly disappointed. Yeah, I think it kind of uh, when you spoke about not being able to break down Chelsea, it kind of reminded me of the previous season where they had this trouble of not being able to break down uh, defensive-minded teams and you know not getting that uh, critical goal or that extra goal. And if that continues, that might be a template for other teams to you know put, especially the teams that are str- struggling towards the bottom of the table. They put nine men, ten men behind the ball. And just uh, make Liverpool work around them and shoot from far. So that could be a template. But I think it's too soon for you know to be that harsh on Liverpool. We know what they can do, especially with when uh, Robertson and Alexander Arnold get going. It's it's going to be it's going to happen. I think they they make things work. I think. Well, I'm equally emphatic when they do really well. So I think <laughs> criticism from my side is justified because I'm really over the moon when. My side does well as well. So, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm probably both extremes the pain. Uh, a question. Do you think Thomas Tuchel parked the bus Mourinho style? Second half. Yeah, when you're down to 10 men, it's fine. It's okay to do. It's not okay to do oh, against, I... uh, against the bottom of the uh, table side uh, when you have players like Kane, Son and Bale who you can unleash. But you still choose not to. That's a different scenario. Anyways, well, whatever. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Mourinho fan. So... Yeah. Uh, he he had a victory this past weekend in Rome, and, and he enjoyed uh, Tammy it with Abraham a pizza. played with a pizza exactly. <laughs> Tammy Abraham, by the way, ex Chelsea player, first game two assists, second game goal. So ex Chelsea player doing really well under Mourinho in Rome, and uh, yes, that that pizza on the train was a was a, <laughs> a wonderful pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good. In, it's good for Instagram. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Since you mentioned Mourinho and uh, Tottenham, let's move to Tottenham who finished top of the uh, table this weekend with another 1-0 victory. There's three 1-0 victories in a row for Tottenham. Well, it's clear that, that the change in manager has worked, that's for sure. <laughs> so, three 1-0 victories, top of the league, Delhi Ali playing again and playing some good football. Uh, Son and Kane started for the first time. But this past weekend, after Kane has confirmed that he will be at Spurs this season, uh, a strong bench. They have a good side. I mean, I've said that last season under Mourinho as well. They have a very, very good side. So, for me, they can definitely trouble the top four and should definitely be in the top six for sure. It really depends how, how Nuno sets up the side. I think that Nuno is still getting to know his players, still getting to know what his best side is. So, it, it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, remember, he's a proven coach. He, he's done it, been there, done that with Wolves. I think in the Tottenham setup, he could actually thrive. It's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting because if he lets uh, Son, Kane and Dele Ali loose and he just may, you throw in Bergwijn, Lucas Mora over there. 
they have the likes of Hoiberg. They have a you know they've they've got a good goalkeeper. They've got a good backup goalkeeper in Golini as well. Uh, the defense is looking good with Dyer. They've also got in a a, a new central defender, Romero, I think. So it, it's 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 looking good for them. They have a solid side. He's also, I've noticed, started playing Oliver Skip a lot more. So obviously he has a plan. He has something in mind. And one will be it. So be it. He's got three wins, and he's the only only manager and the only team that has got three on three. So uh, a pat on the back for Nuno. Absolutely, pat on the back for Nuno. And I think he's playing Delhi Ali also a little deeper and giving him more control of the game. Uh, so that's also working out quite well. Let's move on then to Leicester, who also won 2-1 against Norwich. What did you make of that game, Chirag? Well, honestly, finally, they've, they've, they've picked up a win. I'm happy that Vardy scored again. He's in form. Uh, they do. I, I still expect big things from them. I'll be surprised. For me, 5-6 and six would be Leicester and Spurs uh, in no particular order. But having said that, both Leicester and Spurs can give the top four a run for their money. Uh, so it's going to be interesting because uh, remember that 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 uh, he has a lot of injuries, Brendan Rodgers. So once those players actually come back, I do expect them to be an even better side. I think they will stick around that top six, and uh, it it remains to be seen how they actually play. Uh, I also think they've got in, and I forget the name, a, a young striker who would potentially could be a, a replacement for. Uh, Wadi in the long run, and I, 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 I don't remember this Pats and Daka or whether it's, some, it's someone else. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, he is an exciting prospect. So let's let's see how they they go on this season. Another team that I think looks superb and could give the top six a run for their money is West Ham. They've been doing some good recruitment. They've been playing really well, looking dangerous and fearless. Fearless. David Moyes' West Ham side looks fearless right now. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're playing with really good football. They're attacking. They did The result didn't go their way this time. I think it wasn't their best game. 2-2 uh, against Crystal Palace at home. It's not the kind of result they would have wanted early on in the season. But uh, the earlier couple of uh, matches that they played were really good and quite dominant as well. Uh, things are looking good between uh, Benrama and Antonio linking up really well. Producing lots of chances. I think overall, I am very optimistic about West Ham. Uh, earlier, I think we, when we spoke, we were not sure whether they could repeat last season's heroics. But uh, the way they started, I think they have shown that you know they they can go deep into this tournament. Absolutely, I I still will be surprised if they end up in the top six. But uh, not to say they can't trouble teams. So maybe seventh or eighth for West Ham. And while we're probably not going to cover all the matches today. Maybe we can end on the blue side of Merseyside. Remember, Moise Keane just gone to Juventus on a two-year loan deal with an option to buy. Uh, they've started pretty, pretty well with the likes of Richarlison and uh, Calvert-Lewin up front. Uh, seven points out of nine. It's looking good for uh, Rafa Benitez at Merseyside and at the blue side of Merseyside. How do you think they're going to go this season? Do you think they will indeed finish in the top ten? Because they made a strong start and Rafa Benitez has done a good job getting... I mean, if if I were an Everton fan, I may be thinking maybe Rafa's the man for the job. Well, it started well for sure. But the question remains of how how they can progress in the second half or towards the later stages of the season. Because that's when you saw even last season, they started off fantastically well. 
but then they dropped off and a couple of players from last season were not there i think sigurdsson and hames uh, rodriguez both were key players for them last season so it'll be interesting to see how they cope with uh, that gap because i don't see any signings coming in for everton right now so that that's that's a worry for me i pretty much agree with you i mean i want everton to do well because i do like benitez but uh, i'm not really certain they're going to trouble anyone in the top 7 8 i mean maybe if they're lucky they can get into the top 10 on that note depain maybe we can call it a night over here oh, remember the big news everyone is that ronaldo is back in those united colors that remains the biggest the literally the biggest uh, talking point of the last one week and i think it's going to be very very interesting if we can actually see a united side with ronaldo go up against maybe messi and psg in the champions league remember uh, on that note as i mentioned psg they've kept mbappe they have not sold mbappe to real madrid so there's going to be a front line of neymar mbappe and messi for that one season at least and it's going to be exciting the pain before we end just your thoughts on that front three oh that's front three i mean it's fantastic i i'm going to look up where i can uh, watch uh, the french league matches because i haven't seen them play and i really want to see them play but we'll get an opportunity soon and we'll see them playing against manchester city in the champions league they're drawn in the same group so that will be a great start to the champions league matches absolutely that's going to be frightening and that's just going to be amazing A, a, a treat for all football fans. Anyways, the pain. It's been a pleasure. On that note, everyone, thank you for listening in. We'll see you on the other side of the international break with hopefully news about Ronaldo's debut and his bow at Old Trafford once again. Good night, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>